Welcome to Sense by Meg Forer, the podcast that's brought to you by ParentSense, the app that takes guesswork out of parenting. If you're a new parent, then you are in good company. Your host, Meg Forer, is a well-known OT, infant specialist, and the author of eight parenting books. Each week, we're going to spend time with new mums and dads, just like you, to chat about the week's wins, the challenges, and the questions of the moment. Subscribe to the podcast, download the ParentSense app, and catch Make Here every week to make the most of that first year of your little one's life. And now, meet your host. Welcome to Sense by Meg Fora, the podcast that helps parents make sense of the early years of parenting. I'm your host today, Bailey Georgiadis, and today we have a very special guest on her own podcast, none other than the well-known parenting expert, Meg Fora. Meg, I have to tell you, I get stopped in the street all the time from parents going, oh, Meg's podcast is just a game changer, a life changer. It has helped me so much. And it brings me so much joy to hear that, that I had to pass it on to you. Oh, thank you, Bailey. It's actually so interesting. You know, you don't know how many people, well, obviously we see the stats for how many people have downloaded yeah. it, but you don't realize the impact. And so many moms have actually said to me, oh, I've been following Cassidy's journey because Cass is actually one of the moms who we followed all the way through to her baby being a toddler. And it's amazing how many people are actually getting, you know, great yeah. information. And it's always absolutely fabulous to have you hosting me on my podcast. It's one of my favorite <laughs> parts of the series. Mine too. And for those who don't know, or are perhaps brand new, Meg is a renowned occupational therapist. She is a best-selling author of the Sense series books basically providing practical guidance on baby and child development. And I've always said that we've always wanted a baby manual. This is as good as it gets. And in today's episode, we're going to be asking Meg to shed some light on some of the myths about baby sleep and really sharing her insights on why they are inaccurate. I cannot wait to dive in and learn from this. So Meg, are you ready to go? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think the myths are so much fun. I actually posted something on my Instagram recently where I asked people to ask me myths and truths, like they could ask anything that was a myth or a truth. Ah. And it was so interesting because there are all these preconceived and misconceived ideas that become these myths. And mm. that's what we're going to be chatting about. So very excited. All right. Well, on that base, then, what are some of the most common misconceptions that you've encountered and why are they so inaccurate? Yeah, so you almost have parents falling into two buckets, BC, before kids, and seasoned parents, you know. I think one of the misconceived ideas or one of the myths is that babies can sleep really well. And actually, there's that adage that says, I slept like a baby, meaning I slept so well. Now, Where does parents, that come from? It's <laughs> <is> not true. <laughs> so the first myth is that your baby's going to sleep through the night. I mean, the reality is that babies do wake up at night. And I think that it, it'll maybe depress parents to know that more than 50% of toddlers are still waking up at night. So it really is... The first myth that does need to be debunked is the baby sleep through the night and then it just happens. It, it doesn't just happen if you're not parenting consciously about it. It's actually not going to happen. And, you know, then you're going to end up with a situation where where you don't have a baby sleeping through the night. So that's my first misconception. I would certainly like to say is that the majority of babies are not sleeping through the night, even when they're toddlers. So, you know, that, that's number one. The second misconception comes post babies. And this is something that gets thrown out. And I think it comes from moms who have tried everything, nothing's worked. And then they almost get this frustration around all expectation that their baby should be sleeping through the night. And then they say, well, babies are not supposed to sleep through the night. And babies can't learn to self-soothe. And if you are trying to get your baby to self-soothe, you're doing the wrong thing. And 
babies don't sleep through the night. And that's also a misconception because babies can and should be able to sleep through the night. So the first one is that babies don't all sleep through the night, but the second one is that babies can sleep through the night. So people who tell you that babies can't sleep through mm. the night and that they won't sleep through the night for a very long period of time, that's also a misconception. So it sounds like I'm kind of playing both sides of the coin, but actually the reality is that babies can and should be sleeping through the night. And that is, for me, a very important thing, you know, that um, we're able to help parents to get their babies there. So I think those are the two very common misconceptions around sleep that we see a lot of. You said something about consciously parenting and being able to actually help babies sleep through the night. So creating healthy sleep habits is crucial for infants and toddlers. What do you believe is the most important factor in establishing really good sleep habits for young children and why is it so vital for their overall being yeah so it's a very interesting question first of all sleep for the sake of sleep is important if there was no yeah. other reason to sort out sleep it's just because of sleep you know i mean mom who's listening to this who is sleep deprived knows exactly what i'm talking about and i know you're a seasoned mom Bailey. you've got two little boys and yeah. i'm a mom of three when you're sleep deprived you just can't parent in fact you can't do life mm-hmm. very easily it's hard So the first reason why it is important to establish good sleep habits is because it's vital, sleep is vital. But it is a whole lot bigger than that. It's not just for us and how we are as parents and how we're feeling. It's also for their health. We know that babies learn better when they are well rested. We also know that babies are able to co-regulate themselves and their behavior better when they're rested. And this goes for all of us. You know, when we are overtired, overstimulated, we're actually not able to self-regulate our behavior. We become frenetic and we're just not good mothers. We're cranky and little kitties are exactly the same. And so for their overall well-being, it's really, really important that babies sleep as well. But, you know, when we start to talk about the principles of actually establishing good sleep habits, and we're going to talk about that, I'm sure, teaching your child to sleep is actually about a lot more because it's almost like it becomes a a playing ground to play out all other areas of parenting. You know, you have to learn to read your baby, nurture your baby, give them the narrative, help them to learn to self-regulate. Now, those things, which we can go into bits and pieces of that, are not just important for sleep. They're important for concentrating when you're in grade one and you're learning to read, because it's also about staying calm, self-regulating, following boundaries, whatever it is. I mean, you can take your head wherever you want to go, but sleep almost becomes like a practice ground for life. And so it's more than just great for mom, great for kiddies. It's also a place in which we as parents can hone our skills and help our children in a whole lot of other aspects of their lives. And when people do my sleep course, which is actually inside the Parent Sense app. So moms, if you haven't got the Parent Sense app, go and download it. And in there, you'll find the courses section. You'll see my sleep course. And that course is actually a crash course in parenting. It talks about emotional regulation. It talks about nutrition. It talks about health. And all of those pieces are part and parcel of parenting. I think such a valid point that you've brought up here is that we often tend to look at things uh, so isolated as if they're their own little islands, sleep, feeding, stimulation, when actually they're all intertwined like a big spider's web. And it's really great to have that holistic look at it, at everything. Most parents are often told that their child's sleep patterns will work themselves out over time. And, you know, this is the question. Is it important to establish routines to help babies develop those good sleep habits that can actually carry into their teen and adult years? Or will it just naturally resolve on its own? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, over the last few years, there's just been so much literature and science coming out around adult sleep. And Mm. I'm sure you've read, you know, I mean, there's there's the books, you know, talk about you mustn't have too little sleep and 
sleep hygiene for adults has become a thing. We now know that we sleep in a coolish room. And so now that you actually get mattresses, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but you get mattresses that can regulate your temperature down. And I mean, if any of you have listened to Amazing. Tim Ferriss's podcast, I absolutely love Tim Ferriss. And he's got every sleep gadget under the sun. You know, we have our, our clocks that wake us up slowly and not using cell phones before you go to bed. You know, there's all this, what we call sleep hygiene for adults. And actually, it's exactly the same for babies. It's slightly different in what gets done specifically, but the concept of sleep hygiene is exactly the same. So the answer to your question is, will kiddies just kind of naturally resolve their sleep habits on their own? Will they all just be sleeping through by the time they're teenagers and sleeping very long hours by the time they're teenagers if you do nothing? The answer is no. Just like adults need sleep hygiene and need structures in place in order to sleep well at night, babies are exactly the same. We have to, as parents, approach sleep very consciously. And, and that's why sleep experts worldwide have a very similar rhetoric. One is establish a bedtime routine. You know, bedtime routine is critical. You know, bath before bed, calm time, no screen time at all before bed, not removing your baby from their bedroom is a common one as well. And that, that all feeds into sleep hygiene and it's conscious. Every different sleep expert then has different nuances around it. So that one might say, you know, they must just sleep in your bed and that's the best way to sleep. And another one might say they don't, but you know, th those are the nuances. But the point is that sleep doesn't just happen naturally. Sleep is something that we need to work on as parents and be very conscious about. It's interesting, Bailey, um, for moms who have got little babies, you know, kind of first trimester after birth, first three months, this is the time where if you start to bed down really, really healthy sleep habits ahead of day sleeps and night sleeps, you're likely to have a better sleeper. There's no question. Wow. All right. So that's another myth that's been busted. I love that. Now, you said in the very beginning that there's the myth of babies can't sleep through, but at the same time, babies can sleep through. And it's not uncommon for parents to feel really guilty or anxious if their baby isn't sleeping through the night, as they've always been led to believe that this is the ideal. So how can parents avoid feeling guilty or anxious about their baby's sleep habits? And, and what realistic expectations should they have? Yeah. So, I mean, look, maternal guilt, we, I mean, we'll find anything to feel guilty about. So, you know, right. and, and, and actually I'm doing a great podcast with a psychologist, Nadine, and, and we're going to be talking about maternal guilt because, you know, I've always said, you know, we should never feel guilt and she's actually taking a different approach to it and saying, you know, how do we deal with it? So maternal guilt is, is a massive thing. And we do have a lot of guilt around or you know, we almost feel like we failed. So maybe that's a better way to look at it. We almost feel like we failed if we don't get our little one sleeping through the night. And actually that gets fed into mm. by all our friends. Because I mean, this definitely happened to you because it happened to me, it happens to every mother. Is your baby sleeping through your night? I know night what you're going to say. <laughs> it's your baby sleeping through the night and you get asked it when they're six weeks old, three months old, 10 weeks, you know, whatever. Yeah, is your baby sleeping through the night? And so it becomes this measure of how good a parent are you? Have you got your baby sleeping through yeah, the night? Which is and so ridiculous. Like, can we just completely. take that pressure yeah. off ourselves instantly? Exactly. And I remember also uh, being in a mommy's group and people going, if your baby is sleeping through the night, you keep quiet. Nobody needs to hear that. <laughs> yes, because I don't want to know about it. That is also true. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I think it's like everything in parenting, you know, it's such a personal journey. It really is, you know. Hmm. And so I think it's very important that moms don't feel anxious or guilty if their little one's not sleeping through the night. That doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing something about it. I do think you should be doing something about it because sleep is important for all the reasons we've already said. Fair enough. But mm -hmm. I do think that, you know, we need to do need to take the pressure of ourselves. And maybe that comes from not asking everybody. I mean, if you're in a mummy group and don't ask everyone, is your baby sleeping through the night? Because it just 
kind of perpetuates the same feelings. Let somebody else tell you about the fact that they've had a really bad night or they're so excited because their baby's finally sleeping through the night, you know. So first of all, don't ask. Second of all, understand if you are the mom whose little one is not sleeping through the night, it's very important that you understand that babies are so unique, which means that some little ones are going to sleep through really early and others will not, even if you parented them in exactly the same way. I had three children and each of them slept very differently. My second baby she did sleep through the night. By the time she was six weeks old, she was sleeping through the night and never didn't sleep through the night. You know, she was an exceptional sleeper, but her sensory personality is a settled baby. And so that was going yeah. to happen for her. She had, she came with other challenges for other reasons, you know, my third baby. And by then I've got, you know, parenting completely honed, supposedly didn't sleep through as easily. I had to really work <laughs> at it. She was a reflux baby. You know, so if she had been my first baby, I would have been like, oh, just, I haven't got this right. I'm doing something wrong. But in actual fact, there's what your baby brings as well. So, you know, I think be gentle on yourself, be gentle on each other and recognize that your child is their own human being and they're all going to be different. I feel like you've just let parents around the world breathe out that relief sigh. Yeah. Like, oh just takes the pressure off, you know? The age and the developmental stage of a baby can greatly impact their sleep needs and habits. So, you know, you talked about six weeks being able to sleep through. So how does a baby's age and developmental stage affect their sleep? And how, as parents, can we adjust our expectations, especially the Mm -hmm. before kids and now actually in the thick of parenthood? Yeah. So look, I think it's important to know that babies don't sleep through the night in the first few months. And my baby did sleep through at six months. She was super unusual. Babies don't always do that. That's not the norm. Mm. I wouldn't say that, that that that's anybody's benchmark. It was her sensory personality. And Bailey, you oh. and I did a podcast, which still remains our number one podcast, which was on the baby's sensory personality. So if you mums, if you haven't listened to that one, do go back and listen to it because it will explain why some babies do sleep through early and why others don't. But in general, to answer your question around expectations, the first thing is that babies don't sleep through the night generally in the first three months of life. So most babies require nutritional sustenance and nutrition at night in the first three months. What does happen for most babies is that they start to sleep better and better in those first 12 weeks. So they go from waking three hourly day and night to waking maybe stretching for a four hour, five hour, even a six hour stretch, and then back to three hourly. So they start to do this one longer stretch and gives us so much hope because by the time they're 12 weeks old, we're probably having like a down at seven in the evening, up at two in the morning, and then a five o'clock. And we feel like, oh, we've just had one night feed. It's, you know, we're getting there. We're getting there. We can see it. The next expectation that does need to be highlighted, though, is that around about 17 weeks, we get a sleep regression where babies start to wake up more frequently at night. And that is not a myth. So when we're talking about debunking myths and you hear about the 17 week sleep regression, that is not a myth. That does happen. Babies do. Start that was my to... next question. So oh, was I'm so it? glad Sorry. that you debunked that. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. it's good. It's good. So, You're helping. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. So 17 week sleep regression is not a myth. That, that definitely happens. And it happens for very good reasons for babies. But basically, they start to wake up more frequently and they do need to have an extra feed at night and then they need to have solids introduced and that by the way is another myth that we need to debunk that introducing solids helps babies Mm -hmm. to sleep through because the truth is that solids is not a magic wand it doesn't necessarily just mean that you know babies are going to sleep through the night so those would be the early stage expectations the next stage expectations which is the middle of the first year is that baby should be able to sleep through the night at six months so all things being equal Babies should do 10 to 12 hours at night from six months onwards, which is effectively sleeping through the night, going down at seven and waking at five, that's through the night. 
So that is where we should expect them to sleep through the night. And if your baby's not sleeping through the night from six months onwards, then there's usually something that needs to be problem solved. I love that. I mean, that's the thing where, well, what I love about your podcast is that you always bring in so much information for us. And I know that there's so much conflicting information and advice on baby sleep. I've heard some horror stories out there that really put me off trying to get help with my baby's sleep. And I think it can be extremely, extremely overwhelming. So my first piece of advice, if I may, is you know, really decide who you trust. And that's what I love about you, Meg, is that Mm -hmm. I can always come here and I know that I'm going to get incredible, factual, loving, gentle information. But what advice do you have for parents who are struggling with their baby's sleep and really being bombarded by all this conflicting advice from others? Yeah, so, I mean, you definitely mentioned the most important thing, which is choose one voice to listen to. So my voice won't be the voice for everybody. There will be people who it doesn't resonate for. So you need to choose one voice. For instance, if you have chosen the route, and I'm going to pick two quite distinct camps here, and there are stereotype camps, I guess, but there will Mm -hmm. be a group of moms and advisors who recommend co-sleeping, not moving your baby towards self-soothing, you soothing your baby 100% all the time through the baby and toddler years, you being fully available to your child, not having expectations of self-soothing. And truly, Bailey, there's a big group of moms and advisors who believe that. And I mean, it's all over Instagram and TikTok, Mm -hmm. that sort of theory of really letting the baby lead the process and not moving them towards sleeping through. Now, if you've chosen that route, then that is the route that you need to choose. And if you are then anticipating that your baby is going to sleep on their own in their bed without you, that, that would be an unrealistic expectation and would cause conflict for you. So choose the one route and move along that route. Know that your baby is going to be in your bed. Know that you're going to be doing the soothing for your baby. Know that your baby's not going to sleep through the night for a very long time because they're going to need you and be okay with it. Like live with that, embrace it live in that and be that parent, you know, because then you're not going to be conflicted. But don't come and say, I want my baby to fall asleep in their own cot and sleep on their own, because that expectation doesn't align with what you've bought into and what you are enacting for your baby. On the other hand... Well, they always say, start the way you mean to finish. Exactly. So really think about what your end goal is. I love that. And and that really, that, that is so important. And then if you are the parent who wants a little bit more routine, who does want your baby to sleep in their own space, which by the way, I did from very early on with my babies. I was a good and intuitive mum a lot of the time, but I didn't want my baby in my bed. I didn't want it. I have my own sensory space. I'm a little bit slow mm-hmm. to warm up. So I don't like babies in my bed. I love the morning cuddles coming to my bed in the mornings and do your afternoon sleeps with me. I love those. But in the middle of the night, Mm. no, I don't want you in my bed because I needed my own space from the time they were little. So I chose that route. I wanted them in their own space and I wanted them in a routine and I wanted them to sleep through the night because those things were important to me. And so I chose to listen to the voices that supported that theory. And obviously, as a scientist, have read on both sides, a lot of the science and a lot of the research. And so I, I had that information. But the route that I chose was to listen to the voices that reinforced what I wanted for my children. And I think that that's what you were saying with choose a voice. And I think that's very, very important. This episode is brought to us by ParentSense, the all-in-one baby and parenting app that helped you make the most of your baby's first year. Don't you wish someone would just tell you everything you need to know about caring for your baby? when to feed them, how to wean them, and why they won't sleep. ParentSense app is like having a baby expert on your phone guiding you to parent with confidence. 
get a flexible routine, daily tips, and advice personalized for you and your little one. Download ParentSense app now from your app store and take the guesswork out of parenting. Well, in the very beginning of the podcast, you mentioned that you had asked moms to send in true or myth questions. We're going to have some fun now because I have access to those and we're going to bring them to life here on the podcast. So are you ready for some fun? Absolutely. Let's do true or myth. True or myth. Da, 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 da. I feel like we need some sort of like fanfare music. <laughs> <laughs> like a game show. All right. True or myth. Babies who sleep longer during the day will sleep better at night. Babies who sleep longer in the day will sleep better will sleep at night. Better. That is true. So sleep begets yes. sleep. And so if your baby sleeps ah. well in the day, they are going to sleep better at night. Okay. Number two, true or myth? Teething is always the main cause of disrupted sleep in babies. Myth. That is a myth. So teething gets a really bad rap. Right. Teething gets blamed for being the, the reason that babies wake up at night. But it is not necessary. I like teething being the scapegoat. I need <laughs> teething to be the scapegoat. Too, I know. <laughs> so the thing that actually is probably the biggest thing that is the main cause of disrupted sleep is actually a baby who's not able to self-soothe and mm. isn't able to self-settle. And teething only really happens from six months onwards. So if a baby's waking up at night b- before six months, then they're definitely not waking for teething reasons. So that is a myth. Okay, so let me focus on okay. your next myth, your next quick fire. True or myth? Babies should be put to sleep on their stomach to prevent choking. Oh, that's a hard myth. That's a very important one. So that is not true. The first half of the 1900s, babies were put on their tummy because their parents were worried about them choking. And then we had the sudden infant death syndrome scenario where babies were dying in their sleep, which still happens to this day, sadly. But research showed that babies were more likely to actually die if they were sleeping on their tummies. And there are certain mechanisms that we think are the reason behind that. But the bottom line is that babies should be sleeping on their backs or potentially on their sides, but certainly not on their tummies. True or myth, babies need complete silence to sleep well. Mm, I would say it depends on their age. So I'm going to go myth because they don't need complete silence in the early days. In actual fact, they do better if there's a little bit of sound in the background, which is one of the reasons why we use white noise. You know, white noise in the background is really good because it does filter out the noise. Having said that, I do think a quietish environment is a good thing to teach your baby early on because going forward, you want them to be sleeping through, whereas you don't want them to be completely dependent on being in a noisy restaurant in order to sleep type thing. So, um, yeah, sure. Okay. True or myth? Crying it out is the only effective method to sleep train a baby. 100% a myth. Definitely a myth. So babies definitely can learn to sleep through without cried out. And in actual fact, I'm not really a fan of cried out. And we're not going to go into all of that, although I have done on previous podcasts. But I don't Mm. think cried out is the best way to get babies to sleep through. I, I don't recommend it. There are much better ways to get babies to sleep through the night, like helping them to learn to self soothe, supporting them. There's a lot of other things. True or myth? Babies who sleep in their parents' bed will never learn to sleep independently myth as well so if your baby sleeps in your bed there will come a day where they will learn to sleep in their own space as soon as you decide that that is right for them so if you've chosen for your baby to co-sleep with you for the first let's say 14 weeks when you move them into their own bed they will learn how to sleep in their own space if your baby is with you for the first eight months and you move them out they will also learn how to the thing is though it is a little easier when they're younger for them to learn you know the longer your baby's been sleeping in your bed Mm. and particularly a toddler 
potentially the harder it is to move them into their own bed. But in terms of never learning to sleep on their own, no, that's a myth. Co-sleeping with your baby is always dangerous and should be avoided. Oh, okay. So the word there that I'm going to have to focus on is always. So co-sleeping is not always dangerous and should be avoided. It can be done safely. So you can co-sleep with your baby safely. And babies would need not to have your pillow near them, not to have your duvet on them, and to have their own sleep space within your bed. So you can co-sleep safely. However, there definitely is enough indication that co-sleeping can increase the risk of, of SIDS, of sudden infant death syndrome. The Americans in particular are quite fastidious on this, on not having babies co-sleep because of the risk of SIDS. But there are factors that really do impact that. Co-sleeping on a couch, super dangerous. Co-sleeping when you're under the influence mm. of alcohol, super dangerous. Co-sleeping if you're on painkillers, super dangerous. So don't do those things, but you can co-sleep safely. Here's one that I'm really fascinated by, and I'm sure lots of moms sent this in. Babies who are breastfed have more sleep disruptions compared to formula-fed babies. True or myth? Okay, so that is true. It, it is true that babies who are breastfed are likely to wake up slightly more frequently. Formula is just a little bit more filling, a little bit more sustaining. Breastfeeding comes with that comfort piece. You know, that does lead to babies wanting to be close to you just for the comfort more than just the nutrition. So it's it's a multifactorial impact mm -hmm. on sleep. So yes, the research shows that breastfed babies don't sleep quite as well as formula-fed babies. But caveat, of course, that's not a reason to give up breastfeeding. So it is a short-lived, slightly negative impact on sleep. Okay. This has kind of come up already, but we'll go through it again because it was something that parents sent through. True or myth, babies should be sleep trained and left to cry it out to learn how to self-soothe. It's a myth. And the reason is that there are other ways to teach your baby to self-soothe. In actual fact, self-soothing is a piece of self-regulation. And the only way that a human being learns to self-regulate is in the context of a relationship. I mean, this is the research is quite clear on that, that you need a loving and nurturing relationship to learn to self-regulate. When you're doing crowd out, by nature of what it is, you're on your own. You're not in the context of a relationship. So for me, if a baby's going to learn to self-soothe, it's not going to be done through crowd out. It's going to be done with a parent there. Great. And the final true or myth. Adding rice cereal to a baby's oh. bottle will help them sleep longer at night. <laughs> mm. Don't do it. Don't do it. Food needs to be on plates. Liquid needs to be in bottles. Don't ever mix them together. I don't think it's going to improve your baby's sleep. And I think it's going to be very disadvantageous for baby's health. So definitely don't do that. That one's a myth. Yeah. Meg, thank oh, you again. Good fun, that. <laughs> and that was actually really fabulous. I, should, yes. I think we should be adding that into the end of every single one of our podcasts together. I think that was a great way to, to kind of have a look at the, at the truths and myths. I think so. I mean, it's so fascinating to hear it out because we hear all those things all the time, whether it's, you know, from other mums and dads or through social media, that it's just nice to have a parenting expert weigh in. So thank you so much for shedding light on the myths surrounding baby sleep and really sharing your expert insights. I feel like I always gain valuable knowledge, even though I have slightly little older toddlers now. I still feel like, gosh, I learned so much through this. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And remember, it is important for parents to approach sleep with realistic expectations and really to seek evidence-based information. So please do join us next time on Sense by Meg Fora for more informative discussions on parenting and child development. Thank you again, Meg. Thank you, Bailey. And thanks, mums, for joining us. 
Thanks to everyone who joined us. We will see you the same time next week. Until then, download ParentSense app and take the guesswork out of parenting.